Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Wednesday, 21st June, 2023. Our bit today comes from Psalm 65, verse 12b, which says, And the little hills rejoice on every side. All right, my people, it's Wednesday, the day we catch our second wind. And this 21st day of June is also the first day of summer. And it's turned out to be a warm and sunshiny day with only a few clouds hovering overhead to try and intimidate us as the enemy is constantly doing. But he just can't accept the fact that he cannot intimidate true believers in Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. What gets me about Satan is that he knows Jesus' power because he was created by him and then defeated by him in the fight for control of heaven, then again in the tussle over hell, death and the grave. But like a young petulant child, he still tries to get his way when his or her parents are adamantly opposed to it. But enough about Satan, yes? Let's turn to a wonderful God who loves us so many that he even sent his one son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could be reconciled back to him. And we'll do that today by saying this prayer in June's In Touch devotional that's based on Psalm 65. So please pray with me. Lord, I know you are good, yet some days I doubt your provision. Today, let me join my prayer with the psalmists and say, You make the sunrise and sunset shout for joy. Please fill me with your unchanging light. You settle the earth's ridges. Likewise, settle me with your perfect peace. You soften the earth with showers. Please soften my heart to receive your truth. You have crowned the year with goodness. Help me dwell in the abundance of your love. Amen. Oh, friends, isn't that a wonderful prayer? It certainly is. And I like how it asks for the basics, the fundamentals of God's nature. That's his life, his light, peace, truth, and love. Wow. With those things flowing, flowing through us, we certainly don't need anything else to live the abundant life that Christ died for us to have. Glory be! And it's only right now that we should peruse the words of Brother David from Psalm 65, verses 8 to 11, that that prayer was based on. But before we get into it, here's some info from the scholars read the purpose of the psalm. They say the psalm has a simple purpose, to express thanksgiving for rain and harvest, an appropriate subject in an agrarian economy. It is addressed to God in its entirety and presents him as the God who forgives. You can find that in verses 1 to 4. The God who intervenes in history, verses 5 to 8, and the God who provides, verses 9 to 13. Now, that gives us some idea of what the psalm is about. So let's read verses 8 to 11. And Brother David wrote, 
They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens or signs. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice or shout for joy. Thou visitest or gives attention to the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn or grain when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing or growth thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy parts drop down fatness or abundance. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn or grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. <laughs> Whoa, my people. What a wonderful and mighty God we serve. And that comes from Psalm 65, 8 to 13. And you see how God prepares the earth for seed time and harvest, all out of his abundant majesty. And by the way, I couldn't leave out those last two verses because they too say a lot. And I particularly like how Brother David says, the little hills rejoice on every side. And both the flock-clothed pastures and cornfield valleys shout for joy and sing. You couldn't find better imagery than that. And it's what we should also be doing as we enjoy God's new compassions and mercies every day, my brethren. And it's all reminiscent of these two passages from Isaiah. The first one where he's reminding Israel that the Lord has redeemed them, blotted out their transgressions, and would return them to their land, which would flourish. Therefore, they ought to repent and return to him with joy and gladness. And it says, Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forests, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Yes, friends. That's Isaiah 44, 23. Even the very land will rejoice and shout for joy when the Lord renews it with his abundant grace and mercy. And the second verse is like unto the first. It comes from that magnificent chapter 55 of Isaiah, which opens with God inviting all who hunger and thirst to come to him and eat and drink, to buy stuff without money, instead of wasting our money on stuff that doesn't satisfy. In that chapter, God also promises an everlasting covenant with the Gentiles, like the one he's established with Israel, and abundantly pardons those who sincerely seek his face and where he lets us know that his thoughts and ways are greater than ours, and his word would not return void, but do whatever it was sent out to do. And as a glorious end to the chapter, he says, For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. 
The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir or cypress tree, and instead of the briar, that's plants with prickly and thorny stems, shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And that comes from Isaiah 55, 12 to 13. Oh, my people, what an important chapter that is, chock full of all sorts of good things, especially God's promise of salvation to all mankind and the promise that his word would do exactly what he sends us out to do. We can't ask for more than that because it encompasses everything in a nutshell, yes. The kicker though in it all is for us to do our part. Because in a covenant relationship, both sides have duties and responsibilities to perform. And God has certainly done his part. But unfortunately, we haven't done ours to any worthwhile extent. That's why we're still suffering the indignities imposed on us by the enemy. And the only way that will ever change my people is if we repent and return to God, sincerely seek his face and change our evil ways. It's as simple as that, my fellow believers. And we all know that, you know, but we are just so stubborn, arrogant and prideful that we refuse to capitulate to Almighty God, our creator, controller, and the most powerful being in the universe. How foolish is that, eh? But please remember that there are consequences to every action. For every action, there's a reaction. And that's a word to the wise. As Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And you can find that in Matthew eleven fifteen. Now, for those of us who are sincerely trying to keep the faith, let's go home declaring, yes, we spell declaring right. Let's go home declaring our Wednesday will, letting the whole world know of our marvelous position in Christ Jesus. All together now, Wednesday, 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 I'm so glad to be alive on this Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Thank God the breath of life is still flowing through me on this Wednesday. I'm halfway home. My hands are fixed securely on the plow and I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back at the past, not focusing on what has gone before, but my eyes are fixed straight ahead, straight ahead to a glorious future with Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. And now friends, let's remember that if we endure with Jesus right down to the very end, that that future will be even more glorious than we can ask or imagine. Much love. And the postscript for today says, if we are in tune with Jesus, then we should be joyful and singing his praises. Yes, all over the world. Believers should be singing Jesus' praises, be joyful. We should be the most joyful people on the, play, on the planet because we have all the good things that Jesus died for us to have. But we are scared or foolish or whatever and refuse to do it. 
but we're only hurting ourselves. So please, friends, let's get together, live for Jesus, stay in tune with him, sing his praises, and do what he asks us to do now, because that's the only way we'll ever get out from under the, the whatever from Satan. And we pray that all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.